1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Previously on Gresh and Fourier.
2: a kind of McGregor, overall, I'm kind of over that guy, but whatever. That's not the topic today. Uh, no. Would you take him in a fight? No. Oh yeah, I-, I would beat the living crap out of him. Um, on my scooter. One leg hopping around. You can't even take a shower. <laughs> you're gonna fight in this guy can't <laughs> even wheel himself in the door. I mean, he just could beat up Bruce
1: Lee. He's well, 130 pounds. This is Gresh and Fourier.
2: Post same saved by Markstrom. Two on one. Hadley scores. Well, the fans got entertained into the OT. I'll tell you that, Jack. Andy Gresh. The overall win streak is seven. The road win streak is seven, and the Celtics beat the Bulls again. 129
1: to 112 is your final Christian Fourier.
2: I won't
3: have the points per game that, you know, the other three, four guys will. But I think, you know, the voters are smart enough to understand the dynamic of our team, you know, essentially having to do less, you know, scoring maybe on certain nights, but still impact the game in a lot of ways to, you know, kind of ensure that we win. Every single night.
1: Gresh and Fourier right now.
2: Are you next is done.
1: On WEEI.
2: Let's go, Fourier. You're all fired up. Oh, no, no, no. I would say uh, other than uh, maybe Christmas when you were a child. And even then, I don't know if you really really appreciate it. I would like to just, uh, you know, and everybody has admitted to this. Like, I've never seen you happier In my life. And I've known you a long time. Yeah, that's right. I have never seen you more excited. Because the champ is here. The champ is here. The killer is here. The AEW world champion, Samoa Joe, starts the show with us. He's here on Twitch as well. And I will say this for you, and I'll say this proudly. Huh. I now have the second biggest head in this room. Yeah, that's because true, Because our guy, Samoa Joe, who, by the way, Christian. Mighty neck. Mighty, A mighty neck. neck. That's what it is. Uh, Joe, good morning. I know that uh, you're gallivanting across the country as the AEW world champion. And, uh, of course, coming back to Boston for big business. Where we know who's going to show up, but we're not going to say anything because we don't want I've to. Heard put, rumors. I have. Heard you have rumors. heard rumors. Yeah, that there's a Boston girl. Maybe there's some named local, Mercedes. There's some local, really?
3: crazy good talent. That yeah, is around.
2: and we're not talking about Mike Bennett and Matt Taven either. By oh, well, but, hey, hey, come on, good, good, good guys, right? Oh well, uh, uh, Taven uh, has avoided me for years. Which and, he, should. he and, should. And Bennett and his wife Maria actually went to a Patriots game with us. Oh, that's where my wife learned about the other side of wrestling through Maria. And Bennett and I booked the territory and ripped on the, the Jets. So there you go. That's really the uh, the way it was. So oh, the
3: lowest hanging fruit. Oh, that's yeah, great. Go. <laughs> hey, uh, so
2: how was uh, so how long is the reign right now as AEW world champion? By the way, your third world title. One more world title than you, Fourier. Oh, hey. I okay. mean he's only got two Super Bowls, but you've been the Ring of Honor, the TNA, and now the AEW world champion.
3: Yeah, so you know, we got two champions here and you. So uh that
2: all works <laughs> out. And uh, the giddy guy.
3: Uh, there go. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're 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 new into this this championship reign. We're only a few months in, but uh, it's going fantastically well, and uh, we're looking forward to a very long time with it.
2: Uh, so, when uh, you win the title, it's your third time at like the top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. What is different this time around for Samoa Joe compared to the young guy who won it in TNA? And the guy who was kind of maybe at a bit of a crossroads in Ring of Honor.
3: Uh, much more ruthless at this point in my life. Yeah, I, I had a lot of compassion back then. I was a, a much better person personally. Now I'm, I'm just much more cutthroat, and I can't wait to hold on to my championship by any means necessary. So
2: I know there's the whole thing of identifying, right? Everybody mm. identifies now. But as a pro wrestler, how do you identify? Are you a good guy, a bad guy, or do you just kill people?
3: Uh, I am a force of nature. You know, I show up and things happen. People are destroyed and, and and families and homes are wrecked. I mean, that's
2: really the best way I can sum up what I am. Okay, so to me, the, the back story, I think, is just as interesting as what's currently going on. Oh, my on God. God. Because uh, I just sit there, you know, I'm not nearly as educated as uh, Gresh is. Um, but how does this even get started? How, how does a guy from... Orange County, Huntington mm-hmm. Beach, okay, who was playing football and took a stab at football for a quick minute. How does the how do you go from overall athlete to football, to now you're wrestling. Like uh, t- walk, walk me through that. So once again, uh, we
3: played played football earlier on. Obviously, a lot of Samoan youths uh, do enjoy the sport and find success in it. Uh, had a small stint at a uh, San Diego State for about half a semester. <laughs> uh, Wait,
2: now were, did you did you just sit there and say this life is not for me, or was it one of those things where was Joe a little bit? Too uh, rambunctious. Uh, there was, at that a, there age. was
3: a coaching change. Uh, a bunch of new recruits. Uh, a lot of promises that uh, you probably won't uh, be around. We're bringing in our guys. And, uh, and were,
2: were you were you the D, were you a D lineman? D lineman. Yeah, okay. Yeah,
3: yeah. Is so, it just part of the culture? Like, hey, you got to be a D lineman. I think it's just easier for us to understand. You know, hey, listen, go chase that guy down and put him on the ground. Okay, okay yeah, I can do that, Dad. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, it, just Whoever of, has
2: that ball, yeah, uh, go get him. Should I be in a three eye or no? Just go get the guy <laughs> with the ball.
3: Yeah. And don't, and, and don't get don't get across the line you'll be fine uh, no, uh that's the biggest thing and uh, kind of going into that uh, was was working out did judo all my life was working out at a judo jiu-jitsu studio and the guy you know he said one to me one day he goes hey we, we, we ran out to a pro wrestling class if you really want to get a workout you should try it out you'll be great at it I was like ah I don't know I don't know he said no no give it a shot so I tried it out uh, had an acumen for it. it you know a lot of things were similar to judo and uh you know, a year later, I kind of find myself in Japan, and and I was calling it a career.
2: Well, and uh, have you always been sort of built for football and wrestling? Like, were you kind of the not that it was the oh, go get the pants, the forty short, or you know, were you wearing like the corduroys growing up? Were you like, what, were you a husky kid as well? Oh yeah, we had
3: the corduroys, man. If we could afford them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was mostly like like old Dickies work pants. You get at the five for ten uh, t shirt stores. Ooh, there like you go. That. Hey, they're durable. Uh, they are, and they I think I still own a few. Pants (laughs) From back then, uh, and and that was the biggest thing was just uh, you know we we were we were all big in our family Uh, you know we all uh, fought and uh, got into a lot of trouble together so I mean uh, focusing our energy on the football field was was a big key to kind of keeping us uh, corralled. So
2: you're the you're the youngest of eight kids. Okay, I mean I know just I know right the youngest Uh, of eight. Okay, so what is survival like for the youngest of eight? Like what is it like for you? (laughs) What is it like for you at the dinner table? What happens when the food comes out? Are you literally like just trying to find some scraps?
3: No, yeah. There's no, there's no uh, protocols. You know what you take off the table. I mean, once that once that platter hit the ground, if you didn't get your leg of chicken, you didn't get no chicken then. night. Hey, that
2: was just the way it was. was it, what is the mix? Is it how many boys, girls? Like, uh, how, what was a the... uh, three sisters,
3: uh, five brothers? You know, the just yeah. It was. <laughs> just are they are they like you? Meaning, like, do yeah, they yeah, want to no, try uh,
2: to beat the hell out? Well, yeah, no. Did all, they all, all, try? Of athletes, uh, all of them
3: athletes. Uh, all of them. You know, my brother, we, we, we had a Polynesian dance troupe when we were growing up, so that was kind of our main source as a family. That's why we had so many kids, because my dad didn't want to hire employees. <laughs> uh <laughs>
2: <laughs> By the so, way, four years got
3: seven. Yeah, yeah.
2: Oh, uh, well, yeah. I mean, but I was I'm the youngest of four. He's the youngest of eight. So we have a lot in common.
3: So, so we all worked in the show, and you know, we we all you know we all did stuff. We were all very athletic. But uh, you know, when it came down to it, um, you know, I, I wouldn't trade that li- life for the world. I mean, my brothers and sisters still love them all, great to the day. Some of my biggest supporters. I may have fought with them a ton, but uh, they definitely uh, supported me and, and my family uh, much, much more. So it, it was a good thing when it all was said and done.
2: The AEW World Champion Samoa Joe is well this AEW Big Business on March 13th. It's at the Garden. There might be some famous Boston people there or maybe another famous Boston wrestler that might show up. I don't know. Rumor and innuendo.
3: Rumor and innuendo.
2: And uh, and Samoa Joe is uh, is here with us. Now, you were you mentioned the, the dance troupe that your family had. So you performed in the 84 Summer Olympics. Yeah, my what, first. What do you remember <laughs> about that?
3: Uh, I just remember it kind of being an overwhelming thing. What happened was uh, we're doing the opening ceremonies for the Olympics. Uh, my father, you know, we're out there representing. Obviously, they wanted dances for me every country that was kind of the opening theme of the show we're representing Oceania, uh, oceana i guess uh and uh, <laughs> my father didn't figure out that you know that during for a costume change the girls have to get off the 50 yard line change come back didn't really factor in the time that that would take so the girls are off doing a quick costume change it's kind of dead air my dad grabbed a five-year-old me from the back of the drum threw me over and say hey listen stall kid so there I am in front of sixty thousand people doing a solo, trying ah, to stall. Yeah, uh, like, and,
2: wait. So wait, <laughs> what is what is like what is that? Here is the crazy thing. So I mean, I grew up in L.A. Also, yeah. we were talking earlier, um, a, a county north of yours. Yep. Uh, I went to the '84 Olympics. Mm-hmm. A couple events didn't go to the opening ceremony. So when I heard like that you were actually performing, I was like, "What? Yeah, that's insane." <laughs> so you have to do a solo. Yeah. Right. So what's your go-to move? Like, Uh-oh. what is your is it is it just you know a random thing or is this you're fine so this you- is
3: this is teesan dancing so you know it's a, it's a it's a it's very fast-paced dancing you know uh, drums are going and stuff like that uh, i'm big big on the hip bump that always okay. gets the, the the crowd going you know can you still bump. do it oh uh, yeah absolutely i could absolutely oh, oh no no absolutely i could this is a, you're gonna call you're, me out? I, 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 have no, I have no shame in my game this is what my I family does we're
2: best friends already right. oh here we go <laughs> This is the Fourier way, Joe, yeah. is that everything's a competition. No, I mean, it's why, the, oh, I'm if one you leg. say you can do something, you can do it. Right now, he's on one leg. By the way, Joe, he also said that he could set a world record for this guy who put on 14 <laughs> pairs of underpants in like 12 seconds. <laughs> so he's always of the, oh, let's get him to do it. Oh, he can, hey, he can fire dance. Go get a bunch Come of match, get some Go get a torch in matches and let's light the place on fire while Joe does his thing. Hey, oh, don't don't
3: tell God. me. We, we are a long line of fire knife dancers, so... Uh,
2: Oh my god. (laughs) I I know, I've seen it on the the other pay per view. It's amazing. I think it's amazing. That's that story is just crazy. Out of all the things that you were you're doing a solo at the eighty four Olympics
3: and then after that stage fright it wasn't really an issue yeah, I was gonna like, say, <laughs> what
2: I was going to say like you've been at Wrestlemania you've been in on the big stages you've been a world champion multiple times you performed in Japan that's what I was going to ask is like did I guess what that would have been what 8 or 9 year old you? A 5 or 6 ok man. so 6 year old here is oh stall kid that's unbelievable in front of that crowd <laughs> I know. and to think that you know walking out in front of 80,000 people to give somebody a muscle buster is going to be a big deal.
3: Nah it became a very small deal after that you know it, it kind of set the precedent of, of what i needed to expect i guess that's, that's- <laughs> how
2: did your family view you wanting to get into the business of pro wrestling
3: uh absolutely supportive because it was very much the same gig as i was doing currently you know i mean they they understood the business you know oh you go out there perform get you know get your paycheck afterwards and come back and yeah all right that's cool it's what you're doing already so we're, we're totally cool with it so I mean, they they were already living the lifestyle somewhat. So I mean, obviously, uh, you know, mom th- thought about the physicality, but then she saw us playing football and rugby, and she says, "Well, it could be much worse than what they were doing out
2: there." So. Man, I tell you what it is. Um, so we were talking like, uh, so you had this uh, football, then there's this gap. Like, what were you doing like to make ends meet while you were? you know, working to where you're at now. Oh, well, I was
3: selling terrible subprime mortgages to the greater people of America. Let me tell you, there are tons of people who are homeless right now because of my mortgages.
2: Uh, like- <laughs> I'm just saying, bro,
3: you, you took that juice loan, you believed every bit of bull crap I put out there. And, uh, yeah, man, were I mean, you ever uh, a bouncer? Uh, shortly. I, you know what? I, I, uh, cause I was, I, I, that- I, was, I was, I was a bouncer and, uh, uh, for for a while, you know, uh, but um, yeah, I had, to, I had to get w- out. I had to get out.
2: That man. must have been one of the worst jobs. I mean, it is the worst. Job. It's like any guy that's big has probably been a bouncer like at some point time. That was like and, the worst job I ever had in my life. Any guy enjoys
3: bouncing is pretty much the worst person. exactly. the worst person. Good. A frustrated, frustrated. Something. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, Like yeah, you like your career didn't go well in some aspect, so now you're here beating up on you know some drunk guy who can't
2: even throw a punch anyways because they're drunk. Show everybody how tough I'm gonna get this guy. <laughs> and, oh, this is an easy one. And you can work in the wrong place. There's like the biker bars, yeah. and then there's like the uh, the place where the divorcees go. Where you don't have to work. What I, I want to work at. Well, the yeah. truth is,
3: I started bouncing underage you know, obviously a a coach got me the job. So I remember I was 17 years old. A big fight breaks out the back of the sports bar. I go back there, break it up. And in the midst of it, uh, uh, I'm I'm breaking up somebody. Somebody tries to burn me with a windproof lighter in my neck. And I threw a back elbow and turned him inside out. And then the (laughs) cops are there. And I'm like, oh, no, they're going to find I'm underage. So I think I jumped the fence and ran, like, three neighborhoods back to my house. And and then I stopped bouncing. (laughs) Uh, And
2: then that was it. And then it was wrestling. Yeah, then it was wrestling. How did you... Who would you? Who do you credit as really sort of breaking you into the business? Uh,
3: th- there was a guy named Greg Dave's guy name his uh, working name was the was Hardcore Cincinnati Red, uh, and uh, you know he was a guy that you know he was just a journeyman guy on on the circuit. You know, never really. Did much on a national scale, but was an excellent trainer and, and really took me everywhere, gave me an education, how to get paid, how to you know handle promoters in a professional manner and stuff. And um, you know, sadly, he passed away. But I mean, he he was definitely the the guy that got me started in the industry. And then after that, William Regal. I mean, he was he was a man who kind of took me under his wing, gave me a lot of great advice and uh, about the business and life in general. And uh, he's a guy who I credit a lot with a lot of my success. And I know a
2: lot of dudes around here kind of get that through brutal Bob Evans, who yep. you know, brutal Bob. He texted me yesterday because he knew Joe. Good old, Isaac. Good old- Good old brutal Good Bob. old brutal Bob. He got me to a go. Boston Institution. Oh, my God. He got me to go to like Glens Falls, New York once to go <laughs> to coach like promo class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? They hmm. get there. It's like a four and a half hour drive. He goes, Great drive, isn't it? And I'm like, I got brutal Bob. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he loves it and he knows it and he's a great guy. Everybody loves him and all that kind of stuff. He had great things to say about you, of course. No, great, great dude,
3: man. And no, uh, he
2: is. But there are those guys that kind of shepherd people sort of into the business and sort of smarten you up so that you don't get like taken advantage of while you're making, you know, 20 bucks if you're lucky in a hot dog mm-hmm. so you get gas money where you're taking all these bumps to be able to make it to where Joe did. Yeah, absolutely. It's a long road. Yeah, no, and I'm curious, like, did you, were you a wrestling fan growing up? And if you were, you know, who, were you, who did you look up to? Who did you like? Who so- did you want to emulate
3: so growing up I, I would say wrestling was the only thing like universally i think all our family watched together you know we all love sports teams but like different sports teams with the exception of the lakers i know that's, that's not wow you grew up in huntington beach yeah.
2: and you don't like the lakers no i love the lakers okay, i'm good. Oh, that. We all, okay. that was the only thing we agreed okay. on that no. makes but sense. other
3: than that other, every other sports team we all had okay. different favorites and stuff but pro wrestling was the uh, one universal thing that we could watch together and uh yeah, so I, I was a, a fan growing up, and then I never really had thought about doing the career until, like I said, I was there in a pro wrestling class, and I was like, "Hey, this is kind of, it's kind of cool, it's kind of fun." And uh, a lot of my instincts from performing in the show kind of carried over to uh, the the wrestling ring. So um, yeah, man, it just it, it all kind of fits. So, but there
2: wasn't a guy that you, I mean, because if you're playing football, playing basketball, the Lakers, oh my God, Magic oh, Ar- Johnson. If, if
3: there was a guy that I watched that I really loved, it was yeah, Ar- it was Arne Anderson, just just an, an, an all business guy who went out there could could work with anybody, could could play any role, could do anything, and just was very, very versatile and just an incredible technician in the ring. I mean, that was the guy that kind of really stood out in the forefront to me when I first started wrestling.
2: An enforcer like you, in a way. And, and, and much in a way, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Double-A was the enforcer of the four horsemen. He just like some bald guy until you messed with him. Uh, you remember the wrestler Sid Vicious? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. Arn and Sid Vicious in Europe had a stabbing fight with scissors against each other. In <laughs> like the a mid-night? real one? Oh, oh, oh. oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was a, oh, it was it was a, a deal. bad one. Yeah, yeah people don't talk about it. Yeah, so, well, not with, many
3: people do talk about seizure fights. But. That is true.
2: <laughs> well I wanna I wanna get to because when Joe came in, Wiggy was all ready to to talk to him about twisted metal where Samoa Joe was Sweet Tooth. Now, apparently the voice was Will Arnett, yep. but you were the badass-looking dude who ends up in Twisted Metal. How in the world, what kind of twisted path did you take to get to that?
3: Man, that was 100% just just a, a friend giving me a call at the right time under the right circumstances. Uh I had an old buddy named Carter Swan who was, at the time, you know, was just kind of getting started in the film industry. Now he's a big producer at PlayStation Pictures. And he called us up. He said, Hey, listen, we got this project. Uh, I want to do and I think you'd be perfect for it. I said, All right, cool. What is it? He goes, You remember PlayStation? I said, yeah, cool. Yes, I remember PlayStation. He goes, Do you remember Twisted Metal? I said, <laughs> I said, The Clown. He goes, You're the
0: Clown. And I said, All right. <laughs> And
3: I went, all right, I'm in. And so, you know, screen tested for it real quick. They called me back, and, uh, you know, lo and behold, uh, I'm now Sweet Tooth and uh, driving around in an ice cream truck with chain guns on it and having a blast. Dude,
2: look at this. Like, there is the master, right? So there's Joe walking to the ring. I love the towel around. By the way, our guy Billy Landy and there, big wrestling fan remembered the time where you had the hemoglobin of your opponents yeah, all yeah. over I, your I did, towel. Yeah, I did have a
3: bloody towel. Uh, Christopher Daniels, <laughs> freshly uh, shorn-blooded towel.
2: <laughs> it was great. Now it's frowned upon, right? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah a little more bloodborne deal. They might yeah. want to leave that in the back or something. And now
3: when I think about Christopher Daniels, I shouldn't have had that blood room in
2: there. <laughs> <did I know? laughs> But uh, it, it's a like Joe looks badass in that, and uh, I mean a scary person just walking down the road to begin with. But the nicest guy ever, you put him in that outfit and all, Like it would be great if we could have had him in that outfit and walked him around the building. Oh, oh my god, that would have been people great. When people were peed? actually here today, oh, nobody's here. Oh, today. oh, that's true. It is a Friday. You know, so, so,
3: something about a clown mask and bondage gear gets everybody a little bit weird. Clown well, well, mask and true. bondage. Gear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If this, this
2: could be like your next partner, your tag team partner right here. Can you put him in some bondage? Bondage gear, maybe like a one piece, and then a clown mask. You know also, what?
3: we're gonna have to kill a few cows, but we'll get enough leather. I think you know, we could do it. We'll get the, enough leather to do it.
2: My real role in wrestling is would be nothing more than being a mouthpiece. I'm too old to bump now. <laughs> but, however, I, I I'm too tall, maybe to be a manager. Like most guys, six five don't. Unless you're Diamond Dallas Page, yeah. You normally don't. It's like, oh no, you got to have like the tiny guy. Like there's a dude around here, Mark Sterling, right? He's like a fake lawyer or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's in shape, but he's not like the tallest guy in the world. So you can put him with people and it's okay. I can, ver- please, I can talk a blue streak for God's sakes. I'll cut a promo in 60 seconds and it'll make you cry. <laughs> but I'm a big guy. So they'll be like, oh, is he going to get his ass kicked? I'm just, too ma-
3: I'm just too massive to be successful. That's what yeah. he's been <laughs>
2: <out there since. laughs> I'm too tall. To, I'm too tall to be a manager, which <laughs> is all I could do. And Taz would choke me if I said I could do announcing. He already yeah, yeah. yelled yeah. at me once. We I'm worked sure he at did. CBS Sports Radio. Well, you think you could do announcing, bro? Oh yeah, uh, bro. Oh, what hey, What you want to ask me about stuff about this WrestleMania? Yeah. Oh, I got a show on afterwards. <laughs> yeah. he's a great guy, though, and and you beat up his son too. Hook. I know. Would you? You know? And, and Christian and, watched that match and couldn't believe it that Hook survived. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, I was. Uh, dude, I can't believe the things that you did to that dude. <laughs> I cannot believe that he's still alive because it was an ass kicking. Hey, he's tough. And, he's
3: tough like it, his father. You yeah.
2: Know? No, it was, but it was like, I mean, dude, I some of the moves like. You're a big dude, but you are so athletic. Like, it is, like, I can easily understand how, you know. You played in the NFL, man. You
3: played with tons of smalls. No, 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 no. Are. I know, I know.
2: I know. And they're all, they're all tough. They're all a little psychotic a little bit. They're all, like, <laughs> the nicest people in the world. Yeah, until. The, until. Until. We say this all the time. Until, until, until a couple of fill shots. Fill in the blank. You yeah. <laughs> couple of shots. You rub them wrong. I mean, like, all that stuff. I do. I, do, I am interested just how you create, like, like your character like how you like what goes into what you say how you say it um you know do you ever like you know do you ever need advice for things to say like if i had a one liner for you if i had hey listen joe i've seen a lot of your stuff man i'll tell you what, the one thing that you're missing is like a tagline like mm-hmm. when you when you're done with something oh boy. right and i think that go. my suggestion to you is mm. hey, you're doing you are Dunsky. I feel like you should add You are Dun- Dun- Dunsky. Yeah, yeah. Could you yeah. give me can you give me a version of that like if just impromptu like just I'm not impromptu. Gonna you, Yeah, let me see okay. how would you use that?
3: Well, I would say, you know, you you've come in here and you've given me wonderful suggestions. In fact, you've hobbled in here. And the reason why you're hobbling is the fact that you know, you don't make good life decisions, right? <laughs>
0: true. You yes. don't make
3: good life decisions. They're terrible. And you're making a terrible one now trying to suggest to me one of the oh. greatest men to ever slay a mic in the world that I need to say a word like Dunsky. So, just to satiate your need to hear it, here's what I have to say. Your crutches are not here because you want to roll around on a scooter. The only reason you roll around on a scooter is because your foot's broke. Your foot's broke because you don't understand the basic needs of what you need to do to be a surviving human male in this world, right? One might say that your ability to recognize those things is Dunsky, huh? <laughs> yeah? It's Dunsky.
2: Uh, oh, my God, he is Dunsky. Yeah. <laughs> that's UFC's John Anik. Uh, <laughs> trying to get John I tell you Anik what. to roll yeah, with yeah, that, yeah. too. I don't know. I think the thing is, like, you guys are all professionals. Like, I don't know. This guy can talk, man. No, no. And it's it's a little bit intimidating a little bit because I'm like, is he kidding? <laughs> I don't know. And that's where, the that's where way it should be. You know, it should all yeah, be, yeah. you know? You never knew if Luthez was going to hook you in the ring and make you squeal like a pig or not. That is the art of... Of the business, yeah, no, it's it's amazing. He was actually telling me earlier that he, there is some pliability to what Samoa Joe does. Mm-hmm. There's a little TB12, and like you've incorporated some of those aspects into your life. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I, well, a lot of what
3: uh, the the great one is saying, it, it kind of makes sense. You know, I'm a big I'm a big fan of uh, Brady's kind of sleep protocols, yeah, and rest protocols. Because honestly, you know, as you get older as an athlete, uh, you need more rest. You need more recovery time. It's one of the things that we kind of neglect and uh it's it, to me it's it's kind of extended my career just having that time to you know understanding that if i work out this way i need to rest this much in order to to get back to kind of 100% or back to normal so i mean yeah i've 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 definitely taken a lot of uh those those uh at tips and aspects that he's kind of brought forward into account and uh, it's helped a lot man i mean just just in quality of life and everything
2: all right so uh, march 13th big business over at the garden com for you to be able to get your tickets now <laughs> I am sure you will see Samoa Joe. Well, and, I'll be in the house. And maybe other Boston and maybe. wrestling dignitaries. And maybe. We'll see. Not we'll Brutal Boss. I, I am so <laughs> upset that this is over. I I know I'm like so bummed he's out. Got, like, he's what, got can more you come to do? on again? You're coming back in I, town. If, if I'm back in town, I would love to be back. Okay, here. okay, there we That's go. That's got to happen. You got to promise, you're... dude. I'm down. Okay, friend of the show. We officially. got Mandy's all over it. All right, we got okay. her connection. Yeah, oh, it. We're we're good to go. I don't I don't know if Joe would bring the surprise the next time or whatever. We just <laughs> have to wait to be able to. <laughs> can we see, see it the belt? Can you show the twitchers the bell? Oh, oh absolutely. You gotta hold the bell. yeah, I where's our camera? Where's the camera? Oh yeah, just straight ahead. There That is the AEW World Champion chip oh, right there with the so Samoa beautiful. Joe plates. It really is. Oh man. my goodness. Oh yeah, that is nice. That'll be uh, that'll be in a shadow box at some point in your house, right? <laughs> oh, that's at, amazing. Uh, at some point in time. But yeah, they show those unlike the Super Bowl rings that everyone seems to hide because <laughs> yeah, yeah, they yeah. think they're going to get stolen. <laughs> Joe, thanks for coming in, You're the in, best. Man. Yeah, I appreciate you all.
0: AEWticks.com Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as
1: Gresh and Fourier on WEEI. what do you think there, buddy?
2: Oh man. He's an interesting cat, is he not? Um My one complaint is, is not nearly enough time. Yeah, I he's, know. He's, a, he's got such a um I didn't even know about the Twisted Metal. I didn't even know about that show. That he's on and how, the role that he plays, how and I feel excited like excited was Jermaine oh to my talk God. to him though, Wiggy right? Like you like, were busting I was my like, balls. Wiggy, get out of here, Wiggy was all <laughs> over it though. Well, yeah, he knew all about it. He's talking about his character, and yep. they need to do this with you. and I can't believe they did that. You know, and and uh, he said uh, Will Arnett is the voice, yes, of Sweet Tooth. Oh, that's amazing. That was great, dude. That was good job by you. That was awesome. Uh, I'm officially a fan now. Uh well, of him. And, absolutely. And, and Joe's amazing. And what's what's interesting is for we'll pull back the curtain a little bit. They got here probably a half hour before we thought. So yeah. we brought Joe into the you know the sort of area where we all sit down our jock lounge. our jock lounge and the guy literally just plopped down and it was like he was one of us he just started talking right away everybody's busting balls or whatever and No I got the real I got the real interview. You got the real interview because <laughs> I was talking to yeah. uh, Mandy from AEW yeah. and just sort of going down uh, memory lane with her a little bit but uh No, Joe's really cool, and again, you know, AEW's trying to carve out their sort of niche, but they're going to be at the Garden, and here's the real secret, okay? Everybody kind of knows it. That show is called Big Business because the artist formerly known as Sasha Banks in WWE is now Mercedes Monet tapping into her real name, which is Mercedes, and uh, she's showing up. She was supposed to be there earlier, but broke her leg in a match in New Japan, so they had to kind of push this back. So now they end up debuting in Boston. She's huge in Boston. They've sold like seventy five hundred tickets already, and all that. And and then the champ will be there. Um, I'm like i you want to go now? I'd don't so you? Badly want to go. You do because I I told you like I I love like I do the little rotary you know uh, Knights of Columbus. I've gone to those little rinky dink little wrestling shows and they're a lot of fun. I've taken my son a couple times, but we had crappy seats, and I want to be right in the middle of it. Well I want to throw popcorn and yell and scream and you know and all that stuff. Or we can uh just go backstage and even that would be everybody. even good. Well, even better. The, uh, well the believe it or not, and I want I didn't have time to mention this to Joe, but the AEW director, or one of the directors for AEW. Uh, who used to work moons ago in the WWF, this guy Timmy Walbert. When Timmy was in between wrestling gigs, he did college football. So he had one of the games that I had in New Hampshire one year. This is probably like 10 years ago, right? And we just met briefly – And we're chit-chatting back and forth, just, you know, down the line or whatever. Yeah, press the button, chit-chat, da-da-da-da-da. And he was, like, I made a wrestling reference. And he goes, oh, the wrestling reference. And I'm thinking, oh, I got somebody in the truck that kind of gets it a little bit. You know, I used a ham and egg or line or something. And uh, anyway, fast forward to the third quarter, Timmy was misidentifying the coach. So for like the third time, I go, that's the wrong guy. And I hear in my headset, all right, GD it. And then afterwards, he was like, Hey, you were right to say that. And then we bonded over wrestling, and now he's back in the truck at AEW. Yeah, the uh, the there's so many. The, listen, the whole, like, jumping into character and just, like, uh, on cue, going into a Dunsky rant. Fabulous. Um, and, and, Fabulous. And, and That's really, really. Sorry, selfishly. Hey, sorry. Uh, listen, you know what? One
3: might say that your ability to recognize those things is Dunsky. Huh?
2: <laughs> See, your... Uh, I it, Just like you learned about me, <laughs> I have learned about you. And I know that it, you are going to try to find a way <laughs> to interject yourself into getting a movie made about your life <laughs> or you're trying to get people to go on national television and say Dunsky so that you can justify those Dunsky shirts you had made up eight yep. years ago. Yep. Or, Dunsky. It or, <laughs> was fabulous. It was great. I will say that it is a little weird. Like locking eyes with him as he's, because I was literally like, dude I think I, I, I kind of pissed him off, no, but he's just it, being real polite. I should probably, and I come up, just keep smiling. <laughs> okay, once it's over. I got <laughs> a broken ankle. <laughs> you realize I can't walk right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I fell down like an hour ago. <laughs> No, he was great. That'll be fun. March thirteenth. That's a Wednesday. Uh, yes, yeah. it is. They're in on. Uh, that's right. Wednesday the thirteenth uh, is the uh, big return. Uh, AEWtix.com. And uh, thanks to John and Mandy and, and setting that up. And uh, it was good to. Uh, it was. I said to you, he's not a gimmick, and he isn't. Like it's not like that. Like he is Samoa Joe, and he could be the nicest guy in the world. Or he can make you crap your pants and say Dunsky. It It, it's it is funny, like It's like, is there, uh, you know, like, hey, what name should I have? Okay, my name's Joe. Samoa heritage. Samoa heritage. Let's just go with Samoa Joe. Like, is he a guy that can switch into something else? Well, not really, in part. Like, his real given name is a sort of difficult for most people yeah. to say. Like, Nufawala or something okay. like that. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, Like, every letter of the Hawaiian yeah, alphabet is uh, part not, of not, It's not quite that bad, but it's one of those... It's only like 12. If, if I were like a wrestling announcer, let's say, I w- it would not roll off the okay. tongue. It's just way easier to say Samoa Joe. Plus, it allows people to chant, Joe's going to kill you. And he, it, he will be... Wrestling that night, right? That is for if he ain't wrestling that night, he'll at least be in the building confronting someone. Yeah. Hopefully, it serves Swerve Strickland and not the fake Magnum TA that uh, other guy. Okay. The the oh god just stinks. There are some people in AEW that I'm not massive fans of, like the guy Hangman Page. I I I, I hope Joe just sort of spikes him on his head leaves him laying outside the ring and then him and swerve can kind of do their deal and, and my quick research on this match like that dude rolls around as it is like he's inserting himself into every single com- uh, conversation and i do feel like eventually he's just gonna like smack him in his face which would be I, 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 that's what you really should have done you should have been like hey can you just smack me in the face real quick who me yeah why you do you want me you to get cuffed that. upside the head yeah, you should have you should have done it just for the show he almost did the, his whole little uh, his hip his hip dance that he yeah, had to do a solo. I know, I know. I was just a little worried that he, he would actually do it because he's competitive like you. Know, and the next thing an, we know, know, we've got you laying on your side trying to get out of a production yeah. room, and we have the world champ here with a busted hip. And is, it's you're ball. right, though. He is like that. The one thing I'll say, the dude, you can tell he's competitive. He's 44 years old, by the oh, way. Oh yeah, no, he's not like great. some spring chicken. So and he was talking about how he keeps his body in shape and. Cold plunge, sauna, you know, pliability, goes to bed at by ten o'clock. Mm-hmm. Like no lights, no phones, no TV, no nothing. He's just lights out at ten. Big checks will do that to you. That's true. Yeah. You know? That's true. Play, he has a good chance of, of wrestling until he's fifty. Yeah. He, well, his body type would allow it. He's just a big thick guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like and and in a world that you and I, you know, of like the big thick people and stuff, that guy blends right in. Yeah. Like you you put him over the nose and You'd have, a, you'd have a hard time maybe moving them around a little bit. So that was uh, awesome and a great visit from Samoa Joe. We got a little bit of a crazy schedule today because the Red Sox are going to play at 1. Merloni has some Nesson stuff to do. So Lou is going to move up to 11 today. So instead of noon for Lou, we move him to 11. We'll talk with Andrew Raycroft at 11.25. And then how about this? From the world champ of AEW to Lewis to Razor, to then, Alex Cora is scheduled to join the show right around 1210-ish, something like right that. Right before the game starts. It may be, he may be talking on his cell phone on the field. Uh, that would be kind of amazing, to say the least. But, for you, let's get in quickly to what happened last night. The Celtics beat the Bulls 129-112. Derek White was awesome. Yes, he was. 28 points and uh, lots of stats along the way, including... Not one, not two, but three blocks, and in the first quarter. I was going to say, yeah, he got him early, he got him quick. Best player on the on the court. Uh, first quarter was great. Second quarter was horrible. Second quarter they didn't yeah, play. Yeah, no they just defense. did not do anything. And then they they woke up and then uh, they, you know, took over the game like you expect them to. Uh, Sam Hauser took an elbow from the murder cornet by accident last night. Don't know if he saw that. I know your guy Sam Hauser. He was down for a bit. Cornet didn't mean to, but that guy is all, you know, <laughs> Just joints elbows. and elbows I know. for crying out he's loud. Like a, he's like the used car, like a balloon. That you see at used oh, car the, lots. Oh, wacky inflatable yeah. arm flailing tube man. Yeah. yeah that's that's like, like one of my favorite bits on Family yeah. Guy, where the guy says it real fast. Yeah. Fast. Welcome to Al Harrington's wacky inflatable arm flailing tube man <laughs> emporium. <laughs> and they would always use Weekapog, which is in Rhode Island, just to let you know, down along the water. Okay. Bruins lose to Calgary 3 2 in overtime, back to back OT games on the loss there. Bruins will continue that uh, West Coast trip couple more games before they head back. It's interesting. They're on the West Coast now, and they're going to come back. And when they do, they'll take on Vegas. That would be, like, next uh, Thursday night. Uh, but the Bruins do lose in Calgary. They don't go over the five and a half, SOB. We missed another parlay by a goal. So it was a half a point over the – it was one point over the weekend and one goal last night where we would have been on a three – I do believe it would have been, like, three of five – On our parlays, we would we would have hit. So technically, flirting with it, we would have been uh, on a heater. uh, I would dare say. By the way, if you missed our chat with uh, Samoa Joe. Billy gets the podcast up lickety-split real quick. You can get that. Just subscribe to the Gresh and Fourier podcast. We'll also get it up on YouTube as well. And uh, when you go to YouTube and type in W E E I, the live stream link will be right there. Go a little deeper. Our show page is there with all of our uh, clips and videos and things like that. Uh, so you can uh, check that out on YouTube or at uh, WEI.com. Uh, also, in the uh, Twitch chat, they mentioned that uh, Jack's joke Jack's joke shop in South Attleboro is another one that they use on Family Guy. So, whatever they I know that area well. Oh, there you go. I That's do. right. Yeah, they have some kind of donut place there or something, and a hot dog stand as well. Oh, yeah, like a wiener stand. <laughs> Seriously, good hot dogs. Really? Like in is train. it at the same place? It's in the same area. Area. Yeah. So you can get a so you can get a wiener. Yeah. To go with a donut. Yeah. I mean, the things you can do with those two itself. things. I mean, right? It does. It writes itself. You're on your way to fifth grade uh, sex ed hey, for crying out loud. I'm, no, I'm the I'm the kid that they kick out because I'm just too immature. Because and I you're can't too immature. And you Absolutely. Can't, yeah. yeah, I uh, I feel that. I'm uh, I'm with you on that one. There's been a lot of talk about the number three pick in the draft, and we've heard the name Jaden Daniels and Drake May. But what if Caleb Williams is there? I'll pose that to Foyer. Is that pick Dunsky? If Caleb Williams is there, that's next.
1: You can watch the show anytime via our live stream on Twitch. Just go to twitch.tv slash Boston And check out W-E-E-I on YouTube for our video-on-demand content updated daily. Now, more of Gresh and Fourier on me
2: pose a question to you there, Foyer. There's been a lot of talk about the number three pick and Jaden Daniels and Drake May and, you know, the Twitch chat. Man, they're all over talking about these quarterbacks every day. Text into to 37937. We have not workshopped this. Mm. What if at one and two, in whatever way, shape, or form, both Jaden Daniels and Drake May are off the board and Caleb Williams is now a depressed asset oh. sitting at number three. foyer what would you do oh, if you were New England? Is, so Caleb Williams is is available? Is at number three. I would draft him. Really? Absolutely. So I would you're draft not, him. So you're not out on this guy like others are. Like, well, I am who's, very, who's, wait, but I'm who's very, out and why? Okay, I guess it comes down to do you look at we, – we it's very clear – that Williams, May, and Daniels are the three best quarterbacks in this draft. The only one that I've heard even remotely mentioned as generational talent, and it was coming off the Heisman campaign last year, was Caleb Williams. So while these guys won through three... I think there might be people that are going to rank them very differently because there are legitimate reasons to be scared and nervous of Caleb Williams, mainly the attitude, some entitlement, all that kind of stuff. But is it it just a matter of, well, whichever one of the three is here, we need one, so we'll just take it? or. Could you be scared off by one of these guys? Because I don't think it's going to be in unison, Christian, how everybody ranks these guys one, one, two, three. No, I, I do think there is. Um, so right now, universally, it's Caleb Williams and everybody else. And I don't know how far the gap is. I, honestly to God, don't <laughs> think it matters. The biggest debate is uh, against Jaden Daniels and Drake May. Mm-hmm. That's universally what, what I have seen. And I can think you can I think you'd be fine with either one. I don't know if uh Caleb Williams is a generational talent. I don't know if he's that. Yeah, I don't think any I, I don't I, know I, if it's I hate to say, I don't think any of these guys are the quote unquote generational yeah, talent quarterback. You. you know what I would compare it to? And this would be and I think I've mentioned this to you before. If you go back to the twenty seventeen uh, NBA draft mm-hmm. when the Celtics decided to uh, take Jason Tatum instead of Markel Fultz, right? I feel like what a what a ballsy, intuitive, just proactive stance that Danny Ainge took. He didn't, he saw something totally different than everybody else did. And he was so had the courage of his convictions that he was willing to trade it, even though there was going to be a ton of criticism because everyone in, in in the NBA was talking about Markel Fultz. And they said, no, we see it differently. And they were right. Mm-hmm. That was a ballsy move. But he had the courage of his convictions. So I'm wondering if the Patriots. See it similar, right? Or if other teams, maybe you know, other teams see it similar. Like Chicago sees it differently. Um, who's got the number two pick? Uh, Washington. Mm-hmm. Maybe they, maybe they read it and evaluate completely different than did all the other. Want to be real scouts that are really just working for networks, and they see it and they see it one way. I, that is to me. Because I, I don't think there's this huge gap between Caleb Williams and Drake May and Jaden Daniels. I just don't see it. I know, and that is a little bit of the whole what what scares me in some way of all three of them because we've talked about the odds on it maybe not working out. Uh, and, and the fear that I have going all the way back to one of Mayo's first comments on we're going to take somebody in a really important position, you know, you guys can put two and two together. Left tackle. Is that it's the oh, well, this is the third of the guy. This, this, this guy fell to us, so this is the one we're taking versus saying, I want that guy. It's two different psychologies and mindsets going into the draft, and you think that way. I just find it interesting that we haven't even entertained the notion that Caleb Williams could fall to number three because of what we talked about, the old beauty being in the eye of the beer holder. What would, it have, what would have to happen to him? I mean, he's going to go to the Combine. Honestly, I think all he might have to do is talk. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, he's not Johnny Benzel, dinkish, right? He's not that much of a clown. But he's thinking of the business of the – he's thinking of his business before he's even handled business at this level. And I would say we mentioned other professional athletes that did the same thing. John Elway, Eli Manning – like, they are in the business world. I think it's, I always thought this was funny. We're judging these guys for thinking like businessmen, like, oh, they're like, and, and acting like they're still in college. No, they are in the real world, this will be their livelihood. This is will. This will be how they put food on the table. Mm -hmm. This will be a career. This is a career. I agree. They're treating it like a career. So, but when you walk in, you're closer to Howie the Mailroom guy than you are wanting to be the CEO, which is where Caleb Williams is. Like, I'd like a a piece of ownership. I know, but you should. I can play. But how about you give me a piece? Hey, uh, hey, Kraft family. I know it's been in your family, and you love this franchise. Yeah, but I want 1% of it just for, you know, Say no. showing up. Say no. I, well, they, it's going to turn it, people wh- off. Why? Okay, again, the, 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 sorry for a second. No, go this ahead. This is just this old school mentality that is changing now where, hey, you should just be proud and happy that you're here. This is my job. I'm going to advocate for myself. There is this depressed, like, you know, uh, you know mentality that scouts and owners and coaches want to place on. On new players coming into the league, like no, no, you don't really have a say, and don't ask me for anything, and how dare you? Who do you think you are? Well, I hate to tell you, but I'm basically uh, self-employed. I'm an entrepreneur. I, 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 I make everything I earn on my own. You're like, not self-employed. I, I'm basically I, 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 am my business. My body is my business. That okay? is fair. I'm, I'm basically. I think of myself as self-employed. Like I know you work for me, but this is my business. I maintain it, I care for it, I feed it, I make sure it gets lots of sleep, mm-hmm. you know? I I tend to it and you earn it. And I earn you, it. And you earn it. So, yeah, right, which which means not walking in the door and talking about getting a percentage of ownership. I just think I think do I think that's a little different than absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, that's a little. But odd. I, but I, I, but but it is changing though, Gress. That's the I, other thing. It's I, every, it's changing every day. Well, then isn't his issue more with the union than the owners? Then because the union are the ones who basically said, "Yeah, these guys can come in and shut up for four to five years." The other, the older players are the ones that have these guys basically, and why I say maybe they're not quite independent contractors because when they walk in on the first round, they're also handed a contract that says. Yeah, this $30 million is guaranteed, and when the years are up, if you're good enough, we will give you that much more. Not, hey, let me give you $150 million right away walking into the league because you think you should have it. You know when he would have been a real problem? Before they changed Before they changed uh, the... Uh, if he were Sam Bradford. That was the, the last, last one, I The think. last yeah. guy to sign a true contract before they slotted every single draft pick. That's right. He would have held out. Until October. Agreed. He wouldn't have signed because he thinks, but now, and that's what, And you know, the league said, you know, we can't have this anymore. Mm -hmm. This is what your number's going to be. There's no, you know, we need an agent. He doesn't need it. He doesn't have an agent. No, the only thing you need is someone to negotiate your contractual language, which is really your offsets in case they cut you. And, And that's it. But if you're the number one pick, you can just say, well, last year's was guaranteed. So what are we really doing here? You know, add 10%. Here we go. But he. But really, the comical part is like, he doesn't even have any power. And if he doesn't have an agent or his dad uh, representing him or his mom representing him, they don't know how silly they sound. So they found out in a hurry. Listen, you idiot. Like, you can't, we can't give you ownership. Like, what are you talking about? And oh, by the way, you have absolutely no freaking say where you go. Now, if you're telling me you're going to hold your breath because you don't want to go to Chicago, okay, you're going to pull an Eli. You're going to pull a John Elway. That's well, a, guess, that's a different kind of power. play. That's a play. different type of power play now. Yeah, that's no, about where you're going. Yeah, the the whole asking for money just means like nobody's you know talking to these guys. Then nobody's telling them like, dude, at least ask for something that's realistic, mm-hmm. not an imagination. Yeah, life. they'll hire an agent to try to clean up the mess yeah. after they already peed on the rug. Yeah, right. Can you get the smell out? Uh, Speaking of that, Lou Merloni joins us to... Oh, that would have been a terrible That was just mean. Not
1: mean. (laughs) We move uh,
2: Lou up to 11 because he's got uh, duties today. We'll talk to our guy, Louis, from the fort next.
1: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day.